Welcome to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, brought to you by Visit Anderson, South Carolina, home of beautiful Lake Hartwell. The Rapala family of fishing products, including VMC hooks and 13 fishing rods, reels, and more, and the Bass Angler Sportsman Society. Now, here's your host, lifetime BASS member, Tom Abraham. Welcome to this week's episode of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. I am Tom Abraham, your guide for the next hour as we feature the Bassmaster Elite Series and those looking to get into that exclusive group. Now, our first cast segment of the show is brought to you by 13 Fishing, and we have a great deal for you right now. The Gerald Swindle Design Meta Series Rods and Inception G2 Reels are available at 13fishing.com, along with all their other great products. And for a limited time, you can get 20% off your entire order by using the discount code Bass Radio 20. That's Bass Radio 20 only at 13fishing.com. I fish these rods and reels myself and could not be happier. Get 20% off with the code Bass Radio 20. Now, this week we have a nation champ in Will Davis, a classic qualifier, thanks to Will, and David Gaston from the same hometown as Will, plus a potential new elite in Tim Doobie, we'll explain. And finally, new elite John Garrett, who finished second in the Opens EQ Angler of the Year race. So let's get things started right off the bat with the guy that won the nation championship for the second year in a row. That's never happened before. And it's time now for the Rapala Winner's Circle with Will Davis Jr. And he joins us on the VMC Hook. Will, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Mr. Tom. I appreciate you having me on. This is some pretty exciting stuff. I mean, the way this whole thing unfolded, and, and let's kind of like, you know go through it because you were fifth in the rookie of the year. You were right near the top of that deal early on. You got to win. You know, everything was – this is a fantastic rookie year you had. You qualified for the Bassmaster Classic by finishing 31st uh, in, the, in the points, and then you go win this thing here just to put the icing on the on on the cake, if you will. So just talk about that whole whole deal. And and you really didn't have to fish it, but as the defending champion, you kind of got to fish it. You know what I mean? You might as well go win it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you know, I had you know very had a very blessed year, and um, I couldn't ask for any better season. Um, I had two bad tournaments and. Um, it cost me a lot of points in the Angler of the Year standings. And uh, after winning the nation last year, I got um, uh, a berth to fish it again mm-hmm. um, to defend my title. And I finally uh, I took him up on the on – the, uh, or I didn't finally. I, I told him I'd take it, you know, mm-hmm. and fish it and um, went over there. And I didn't really have a lot of pressure on me. And I fished um, – very uh i guess uh very calm all week you know i didn't have a five thousand dollar entry fee on it and all that stuff like the elite series and um you know i just i felt like uh i felt uh felt a lot of peace last week fishing so i fished pretty clean you know and, and made a lot of good decisions you know and they don't happen all the time like that yeah, and uh, you know, in your season, it, it was you know phenomenal season. You had you were making a check each and every week. Um, you know, you must have thought, oh, this is pretty easy. And and then you know, after cashing checks in the first four or five events, you go to uh, you go to Lay Lake, which is in the backyard for you there, and you win that thing and pick up a smooth hundred thousand dollars there. So I, I would imagine, you know, at that point in time, you're thinking this is pretty good. And and I don't I don't think anyone has ever won an elite series event and a nation championship in the same year either. I mean, you know, that's uh, all these, all these superlatives, all these things that you were able to pull off, but um, you know, but your, your year was going along really, really good until you kind of stub your toe at the St. Clair and, and at, at uh, Lake Champlain. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, after winning late, late, you know, that helped a lot mm-hmm. um, financially and mentally and, um, and I told one of my buddies the other day, I said, you know, this is the most humbling sport that there ever will be. I said, you go from, um, living your dream to living a nightmare when you drive 19 hours to St. Clair and finish 94th and have to drive back. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, well, still living your dream. I said, <laughs> you're right. I am. So yeah. you got to take the, take the bad, um, with the good, you know, cause yeah. there's a lot more bad than there is good. 
Yeah, well, it was awfully good for you at uh, Anderson, South Carolina. Lake Hartwell, those are such great people over there. Uh, on, you know, they're sponsors of, uh, of Bassmaster Radio and have been for a number of years. And um, what, what history did you have on Hartwell? What, what did you know about Hartwell before you got over there? Because, you know, a guy from Sylacauga, Alabama, I don't know how many times you'd get over to Hartwell where you're, you know, chasing them spots around. Uh, yeah. I never went over there um, in, the, in the previous times. Um, I went over there and practiced three months. Uh, I mean, three months. Uh, mm-hmm. A month before the um, for the tournament or whatever the cutoff was. I went over there for three days, and um, and I knew that it fished kind of like Lake Martin, which is a lake thirty minutes from my house, mm-hmm. and it just I, it was a it's a pattern lake. And it's got big spots in it where Lake Martin used to. Um, and Lake Martin used to be a big-time heron lake there for a couple of years. And and Lake Hartwell is one of the best um, heron lakes in the south um, right now. So with that being said, it, it fit right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, talk about the difference between a Coosa River spot and and uh, you know a Hartwell spot, you know the Alabama spot, if you will, as as we call it now, you know, and the and the spot of bass that you're catching there at Hartwell. Is there is there similarities as far as you're concerned? Um, there there is. They love to chase bait. Um, the difference, I think, in a Alabama bass um, or Alabama spotted bass now. Um, Vice versa is a, um, I guess, a, a regular spotted bass. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Alabama bass are more current-oriented. Re- they live a lot shallower in some degree, where the Lake Hartwell spotted bass live, you know, shallow all the way up to 70, 80 feet of water. You mm-hmm. know, they roam out there like tiger sharks, you yeah. know. so. That's a good point. Now, um, I, I, I assume that a lot of forward-facing sonar went into this deal. And just your thoughts on all the talk and conversation about the forward-facing sonar and the initiative by Bass to kind of look into it going into next year. And I know they're polling all the guys, what you got on your boat and all that kind of stuff. But um, just talk about how you employed it there. Um, I used it 90% of the time. Um, with that being said, you still have to catch them. Um, you know, I think where you, where you can get carried away is when you have four or five of them on your boat at one time. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I voice my opinion to have one or none, you know, but I'm good with whatever, you know, they didn't take, they didn't get rid of, you know, when they come out with side imaging and all that stuff, you know, so, um, everything that comes out, you better get on the bandwagon or get off, you know. Uh, you better get on the wagon or get off. So I'm trying to get on that wagon and learn it the best I can. Um, it's definitely a uh, tool that you have to keep uh, keep sharp. That's for sure. I mean, you 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 were uh, throwing one of the Davis wood jigs in 40 feet of water. Did you ever imagine that you'd be throwing a, you know throwing a wood jig in 40 feet of you know 40 feet of water before you had this uh, kind of technology? Uh, I never would have. I'd have been out there with my 2D dropping a drop shot or jigging a spoon over them like I grew up, you know. So Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely with the forward-facing sonar now, you can, you know, it definitely helped me tell, you could tell which baits they wanted better, and I figured that out in a brush pile early um, on the last day of practice, official practice we had last Tuesday. Pulled up a brush pile and threw a, I threw a fluke over at first. They come after it, and then they didn't get it, and they went back to the pile, and I threw a shaky head, and they went down, and they didn't get it, and um, threw a drop shot. Didn't They didn't wouldn't touch it, so I said, you know, I, we catch a lot of spotted bass back at home at Logan Martin this time of year in brush um, with a wood jig, our um, Davis Bay Company um, wood jig. And my dad... We usually throw half ounce, but my dad made me some for up there at, at Champlain. I told him I needed some to flip that the mill foil and stuff up there with, and I tied on the three quarter ounce and uh, changed skirts on it and put on a green pumpkin crawfish and first cast down there. I let it. The reason I went with three quarter one, it was deeper, and I wanted to shoot past them where they didn't have a good look at it. Right. And the first cast, it went down, and I seen one sitting on the side of the pile, 
the fish goes down and levels off and I pick up and she's got it and I catch her and she's like a four pounder. Mm. So that one fish right there flew me in for the rest of the week. Wow. Is that a, is that a football style head on that, on that wood jig? Uh, no, sir. No, mm. sir. It's just standard jig head oh, okay. or standard jig frame head. Yeah. And what were you putting on it as a trailer? Do you have anything on it as a, as a, as a trailer? Uh, yes, sir. I was using a uh, big bite bait um, college crawl, mm-hmm. green pumpkin, four inch. So I would suppose that Hartwell is not one of your favorite lakes, right? I mean, you've <laughs> you went in there and what and what a great place that is. You know, not only Hartwell but the Green Pond Landing, the launch facility there, state of the art, and uh, just everything around that area is just it's just so beautiful over there. It is beautiful. You know, it's first class and. Um um anderson um they definitely laid out the red carpet for us for sure no doubt about it will davis jr has been our guest he wins at the nation's best and uh and that's uh that's a heck of a story it also put david gaston also from silicaga into the bassmaster classic and we're going to talk to him next uh his thoughts about making it to the classic in the last minute thanks to will davis jr will i appreciate you so much man and uh congratulations again on the win and we'll talk to you again down the road thank you mr tom all right coming up next the guy who was the beneficiary of will davis winning that tournament was david gatson they're from the same hometown david gatson was the first man out of the classic but now due to will davis double qualifying for the classic david gaston is in we'll talk to him next right here on phoenix boats bassmaster radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me, it's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Five fish for 22 pounds even, becoming a two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year. Hi, I'm Gerald Swindle, Bassmaster member. I don't care if I'm in California, Oregon, or France. If I see a bass sticker in a window of a truck or a car, I got something in common with that person. Why don't you come join me and you be a member? Get these free gifts when you join today, a $50 value. Go to Bassmaster.com slash join and become a member of America's leading bass fishing organization. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G man this is the same gear gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at lake fork last season look for them this spring this is your boy seth fighter and i'm going to give you my picks for the rapala fantasy fishing that's kind of where my picks are going guys who are good little leg time got a lot of experience uh i think he led a day or two last year post-spawn fish that are a little bit finicky they've been you know hit pretty hard through the storm they wanted to feed up but in bucket a there was one name that jumped out on that list Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. And now, a chance to talk to the guy that got into the classic last man standing to get into the classic. It really shouldn't have been this way. He was having a heck of a year all year long and got a little sideways on him at the end. But, uh, you know, he does end up getting into the classic when Will Davis won the nation championship, double qualified, and that put David Gaston into the Bassmaster Classic. Ironically, they're both from a small town in Alabama, Sylacauga, Alabama. And uh, David joins us now on the VMC Hook. 
David, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Uh, fantastic. You know, we talked to you back when the last before the last three opens uh, came about, and because you were the last man out, and or the first man out, I should say, of the of the classic, and you you were pretty confident that this thing was going to get settled pretty quickly uh, with the three opens. You didn't think it would have to go all the way down to the nation championship, but it was just the way it worked out with the EQs, you know, winning those uh, winning those uh, opens, and, and the next thing you know, you're sweating it out with the nation deal. Yeah, you know, I definitely thought after Watts Bar it would happen, but with the EQs, how they changed the format of everything, and, you know, everybody fishes from the word go, and there really wasn't that too many cherry pickers, I believe, on this go-around. Yeah, it turned out to be just one uh, of of the nine that got in through the uh, through the opens. There was only one guy that got it one up north. Uh, that was the only open that he fished, and uh, and so he he was unable to, uh, he was ineligible for the Bassmaster Classic. So you get in, but like I said, let's go back a little bit here because you were rocking and rolling in your rookie season. Here, you came out guns a blazing. First five events made the uh, made the fifty cut, made the ten thousand dollar check week in and week out. You must have thought, yeah, this isn't too bad. It's pretty easy. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't think at first it was easy. I just thought I got on a little roll. and You know, then I got to the Sabine and straight got kicked in the nuts. That was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, there was nothing you can say about that, but just awful. Yeah, well, and then after that, you know, I had the fish to do really good at the next one at uh, St. Clair. I mean, yeah. I had the weight to be like in the top 20. And, man, I had like a bunch of dead fish every day. And on those tournaments where every ounce counts, it cost me big on that. Had you had much experience up north? Those three ones, uh, those three tournaments up north, uh, ended up being a little rougher on you. Had you, uh, although you did make the you did make the cut at the St. Lawrence and, and pick up a nice check there. But had you had much experience up there in the past? No, well, I fished Champlain, and you know, before live scope and stuff. I mean, I fished up there, you know, a few years back before the live scope really mm-hmm. started. And uh, you know, you, everybody's always fished for largemouth or isolated boulders and stuff. And then the live scope deal come out, and that is how you got to win and do good up there. Because, you know, usually if you got like 15 to, or that time of year, if you have 17 pounds a day, you've got a bag. But now if you got to have 18 a day to make the cut, you know, it's just that, that's how much difference that life scope changed that air, that whole lake up there on just weight-wise. Wow. And you... the St. Clair, I've never been there, but, I mean, that place is pretty easy to figure out. You just fish where everybody else is. Yeah. Well, you have no idea. Back in the 80s, uh, when, when I was fishing tournaments on the St. Lawrence River in the old Rudman series, um, 15 a day got you a nice check. I mean, 15 pounds a day, you get a nice check, you'd, be fish, uh, you'd have a mixed bag of largemouth and smallmouth that was totally different than the fishery that it is now. Now, you know, 20 pounds a day, and you don't know if you're going to fish on Saturday. I mean, it's just crazy up there right now, especially with the live scope and the gobies, of course, and, you know, the, the nature of uh, the, the food source for those smallmouth. It's just, uh, it's just it's ridiculous to just think about, you know, five pounds per fish you need to be competitive. Well, that's like when we fished St. Lawrence this year. I had 23 the first day. I had 21 the second day. The last day, I had 18 pounds and failed 15 places. <laughs> I mean, how does that happen? Yeah, exactly. It would have locked up that classic spot long before having to kind of sweat it out. It was. Yeah, at the yeah. end, that would have made all the difference. So take us through the emotions of, I mean, Will Davis. I mean, you guys are both from Sylacauga. You've known Will your, your whole life. And and you're sitting here, and you see him have a good first day at Hartwell. You knew if he finished in the top three, that would push you in. What were your emotions as you were following that tournament and thinking, yeah, you know, I think that if he's on him, I'm, uh, you know, he's going to put me in. Well, I was when I looked at it, you know, I saw he was in. I didn't realize he was on Hartwell till it started. Like I, I was like, oh, it's on Hartwell this time. I mean, I didn't put that much into it, but I saw he was in second after the first day, and I was like, oh, I'm good. I didn't worry about it after that. I was deep sea fishing. Didn't bother me one bit. And then you know, <laughs> sat, or when it was a Friday one all that i was like oh yeah i mean i'm happy for him and i'm happy for me yeah yeah and uh yeah he he did a good job of that he he, he, you know he told us earlier that he you know he really almost didn't fish it he didn't have to fish it you know it was it had the option as defending champion um so he didn't really have to fish it but he decided to go ahead and fish it because that's what he does you know professional fisherman you're gonna go fish a tournament and um you know so so i guess there's that little bit of fortune uh as well now have you called him since uh since the tournament went down have you had any communication with him uh to to let him know uh that you appreciate uh, him winning that tournament yeah i you know i called him I didn't call him Friday night afterwards because, you know, you had a lot going on after one. I called him Saturday around lunch, you know, told him good job. And, you know, I'm happy he won, some, won him some money and a little trophy and knocked me in the classic. And, 
think he was on the side of the road changing his hub out. So he cut me <laughs> off real quick to get back to changing that tire. So, but yeah, I called and talked to him and told him I'd get him a steak dinner. There you go. Uh, and, and they got pretty good steak out there in Oklahoma. You know, in Tulsa, they got, they got, uh, you know, they got some pretty good cattle farms out there. I think they grow some pretty good beef, but, uh, talk to me yeah, about, I think they end all that cow stuff out there. That's, that's true. What, uh, have you had any experience out there at all? Grand Lake, is that something that you have, uh, have you had any experience on at all? Yeah, I fished Grand Lake a couple times. It's kind of, I mean, I actually, it fishes like a lot of the lakes does around here, like Lake Martin and Smith Lake. You know, they're mm-hmm. just, they're those, and it fishes a lot like Logan Martin too. It's just, you know, shallow, I mean, it's a lake with rocks and docks, I mean, and brush piles, but it's, you know, there's spotted bass in there, but, you know, uh, a two-pound spot out there is a pretty good one on that lake. So it's all largemouth, and it's kind of – and to me, those largemouth set up like our spotted bass do back home on the end of docks. And, you know, they like to spend, spend a lot and get on bait and that kind of stuff. So I really look forward to uh, to that tournament. You know, speaking of looking – I just hope it's not cold, yeah, to be that, honest with you, because I don't true. like the cold no matter what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm right with you on that one. David Gaston with us here into the Bassmaster Classic and uh, talking a little bit about that. And, and and just your thoughts on the schedule coming up next year. Speaking of Lay Lake, you know, you've got uh, the Lay Lake visit in the Whataburger ba- – oh, check that. That was this year that you guys uh, fished Lay Lake. You don't have Lay Lake on there next year. But it's got a nice flow to the schedule, it seems like, opening up with a couple in Texas and, and then, you know, a couple in Florida. Florida, and then you roll into uh, Alabama. You got a couple there, a couple up in New York, and then that trip over to Lake Murray. Um, what are your thoughts about the way this schedule sets up? You know, I like the schedule because I'm really excited about fishing Toledo Bend and, and uh, Lake Fork at that time of year. You know, a lot of, I mean, there'll be some sure enough big ones caught. And then fishing Florida later in the year, I believe that will be a absolute whack fest because every time I fish down there around April and stuff, you catch way more fish than what you catch, you know, in February and March. So, but, the, you know, the Smith Lake and Wheeler deal, the Wheeler deal will be interested, and the Smith Lake will definitely have its challenges being that late in the year. And that, I mean, that is a straight-up party in Lake, so mm-hmm. there will be a lot of boat traffic that time of year, a Spent, pile of it. I imagine a lot of, uh, a lot of live scoping going on there. What's your thoughts about this, uh, you know, what Bass is doing about live scoping in terms of, uh, you know, uh, surveying the anglers and kind of looking into it and just seeing what the effects are and so on? I mean, I don't know how you put the pace back in the tube, but, um, you know, what, what is your, your take on the whole live scope aspect of what's going on in professional fishing? You know, it don't bother me one way. I mean, I like live scope, and then, but if I didn't have it, it wouldn't bother me either. You know, I mean, it's kind of. To me, it's just a tool, and everybody you ha- everybody has the options to take advantage of it. So I don't see why there should be no talk about it because it's whatever the angler wants to do. Either you can catch them with it, or you can try to catch them without it. It's just to me, it's just a sonar, you know. But it sure does work. Yeah, it does seem to work. It, it, it takes a minute to figure it out, though. That's for sure. I mean, you got to have the time to figure it out. I still don't have it on my boat. I mean, I, I've got three sixty, but I don't have the live scope, and I just don't know if I got enough time out there to just you know, really kind of figure it out. I guess the idea is, is to get where you think they should be and then use live scope to confirm whether or not there are schools off of those points or in those Creek mouths or whatever it is that you're looking at. Well, it makes it a lot easier far as I say practicing. It does make things a lot easier because you ain't got to catch them. You just see them there. You just Mm -hmm. look at them and go, it ain't no big deal, you know, but you know, I qualified for the elites. I fished all nine tournaments and I didn't, I didn't have the live scope on the front of my boat. So it wasn't like, it's an absolute must, but I will say that a hundred percent that it does work, and it—I mean—it puts fish in the boat absolutely. Uh, you're going to be in a Phoenix when the 2024 Elite Series rolls around. Tell us about that and how excited you are to get into uh, one of those beautiful Phoenix. I think there are more Phoenix guys than any anything else now on the Elite Series. 24, 25 guys running Phoenix on the Elites. Yeah, man, because they legit. I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted one. For, I've been wanting one for the longest time. They look good. Everybody talks about the great ride they are. I mean, you know, just everybody you hear has nothing good. To, I mean, everything to say about a Phoenix is all good, you know, and I want to go fast and they go fast. So yeah, that's one of my main reasons. Plus they look good. And if you look at all the guys, all the tournaments that was won this year, you know, half the terms this year was one out of a Phoenix. Yeah. And the creature comforts are amazing uh, too. You're really going to enjoy it. So welcome and, to, welcome to team Phoenix then, you know? Oh yeah. And I'm fired up to be a part of the family for sure. No doubt about it. David Gatson has been our guest. David, congratulations on uh, getting into the Classic and the great year that you had. And uh, next year, just go ahead and take care of it ahead of time, right? Don't don't wait around for the Opens and, and the Nation and all that stuff. Just You just go ahead and finish in the top 20 yeah. or so, and then don't even worry about it. 
Yeah, it wasn't like I choked at the end. I promise you that. I came out the head. <laughs> I appreciate you. That's David Gatson, and uh, he's got a great career ahead for him for sure. All right, we're going to break in here. We'll come back with more right after this. It's Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Squarebells, and the Shad Wrap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinner baits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com and start catching more fish. Tom Abraham here for my friends at North Alabama Mortgage. Did you know that average home equity is at an all-time high? But so is average consumer debt. Even though rates are higher now, you can use your equity to pay off your high consumer debt, student loans, etc. Then refi when the rates drop. Don't put off that new home purchase. When rates drop, prices will go up. Buy now and get the best price and then refi when the rates drop. This is the time to talk to the experts at North Alabama Mortgage. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com for more information. There's so much to do, see, and experience in Henderson, South Carolina. Plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to Lake Hartwell. Boating, fishing, hike and bike the nearby trails. Experience some history, and after, enjoy the numerous restaurants, shops, and experiences Anderson has to offer. Visit Green Pond Landing right there on Lake Hartwell. Perfect launch point for pleasure boating, fishing, kayaking, or just a nice walk beside the water. Come see why Anderson is called South Carolina's Bright Spot. Check it out at visitanderson.com. That's visitanderson.com. John Cruz and Missile Bates have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Bates to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Bates. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Bates is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to MissileBaits.store to learn more. That's Missile Bates. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. And now, this is a story I've been waiting to tell because this is really, really cool. Let me tell you, give you the background on this. Tim Doobie is a nation angler that comes out of New Hampshire, you know, the bass capital of nowhere, New Hampshire, right? And he uh, he comes, he makes it all the way to the Bass Nation Championship, and he finishes second. Now, he finished second to Will Davis, who was on earlier in the show, and Will Davis is already an elite pro. So the, the elite uh, invite goes down to the next guy, which is Tim Doobie, and that carries with it $16,000 in credits against your uh, entry fees and so on, and he has until November 21st to make this decision. And we're going to push him a little bit, see if we can get him to make the decision this weekend here on Bassmaster Radio. I don't think he will, but we'll give it a shot. And he joins us now on the VMC Hook, Tim Doobie. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me on. It's a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> There you go. Good job by you. Right, so, so we're going to we'll put you on the spot. We want you to decide right now and tell us, are you coming to the elites or not? I, I can't tell you that right now. <laughs> it's still too early. Uh, you know, I got back to my house on Sunday it's, and uh, it's been nothing but just pure chaos going on here. And after a two day drive home. So I, I definitely have not worked everything out. Um, you know, going from, say a weekend angler fishing local tournaments to just going down to South Carolina and going down to have fun and see what happens. And then you wind up second place. And next thing you know, you're invited to the elite. Isn't that something? Were you aware um, what Will Davis leading? Were you like, wait a minute, if I finish second in this thing, they're going to, they're going to offer me the elites. I mean, were you aware that that's how it would work? So on the final day, um, I was going into the, the final day in third place. And so at the national championship, they weigh you in in reverse order. So we'll weigh the last. Um, and so I was weighing third to last and they didn't have enough trucks to take all of our boats out at the same time. So there's four or five of us out there waiting to get pulled while they're doing the weigh in. And Will comes over to me and he's a good buddy of mine. We talked, we met last year at Pickwick when he won. Uh, we talked all week pretty much. And he goes, I think they'll give you the elite series. 
And I go, well, I'll have to finish second for that. I don't think I, I don't think I got it. And didn't hear anything from Bass. And then they were like, oh yeah, you know, qualified for the classic, which in itself is a, is a dream since right. a childhood dream since I can remember, um, you know, making the Bassmaster classic. It's, it's the biggest thing going. And, um, I get pulled off stage and, and Chris Bowes pulls me aside and goes, Hey, you're invited to the elite series. Wow. And, uh, I, I had to sit down kind of quick cause my knees got a little wobbly. That's for sure. Did they have, I, I, did somebody recording this as it's happening? I mean, you know, somebody should have had a phone going at least or, or something. I mean, that would have been a, that would have been a great m- m- uh, moment. And I, and I'll be honest with you. Some of us that are kind of on the inside here, we were confused as to exactly what would happen. And so on Friday, I had sent emails uh, out, and 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 I was talking with some of the guys at the office, and I'm like, "What's going to happen here exactly? You know, if Will, da- Will Davis wins this thing, other than knowing that David Gadsden, who was just on the show, uh, other than the fact that we knew that he would make the classic, we weren't really sure what would happen next." And got an email Friday afternoon, and it said everything about you know who the second place finisher would get invited to the elites and all that, and then. And if second place turns down the elite invitation, it will go to third place and, and so on. And, um, you know, so we kind of, we, we were kind of figuring it out on the fly as well. So this is all really exciting stuff. First things first though, the Bassmaster classic. I mean, you know, that alone, you got to be pinching yourself about that, right? Oh, absolutely. There's only been, I think three people from New Hampshire to ever make the Bassmaster classic. Don't quote me on that one. I might be wrong. Um, but at least three that I can remember. And it's just, like I said, it's like one of your dreams coming true. It, it's something that growing up fishing, watching TV every Saturday and Sunday, uh, and all of a sudden now it's like, oh, I'm I'm fishing that. Yeah. And then you're you're out you're out with all of your you know your childhood heroes of bass fishing, and it's like, all right, well, when I put the boat in the water, I'm gonna look left and look right and see them. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's gonna be very exciting for sure, and I I really cannot wait. So how big is this bass club that you this last? Uh, last cast club that you're a member of back there in Nashua. How, how, how big a club is that? Uh, we usually get about 15 to 25 boats anywhere in that range. It's, it's a lot of, uh, father, son, father, son buddies. It's very relaxed, just going out, having fishing, competing, but having fun is usually the, the most important thing. And it's really a good group of core guys that, that run it. And we just go out, you know, our tournaments are Saturdays and half the time we have cookouts after the, the weigh-in. Nice. Now I'm from upstate New York originally. That's where I'm from. The Finger Lakes area, cut my teeth on Cayuga Lake and the Rhinoquay Bay, the base off of Lake Ontario, the Southern part of Lake Ontario yep. and so on. Um, and, and we all know about the great fishing in New York. I really don't know much about New Hampshire bass fishing though. I mean, what, what, what would, you know, uh, in, in June or July of the year, you know, what wins a New Hampshire bass fishing tournament here? What, what kind of weight would it take? Um, so we run a little bit differently. Our, our, our bigger tournaments, our bass nation, our uh, TBF, they run eight fish limits, team tournaments, eight oh, fish limits. Wow. Okay. Um, and typically, you know, July, August, September, most of the time you're looking somewhere about 25 pounds. Um, but with that being oh, three said, pounds. Yeah, three pounds of fish, yeah. it, about three pounds of fish, but usually you need about seven pound largemouth to, to be lunker. Our largemouth last couple of years have just gotten huge for some reason. Our lakes are on a real big upswing and it's, it's not surprising to see a seven pounder at all anymore. What's the best bass fishing body of water in New Hampshire? Uh, well, Lake Wimpasaki, hands down. Um, you can come up in the springtime. We, the way the laws are set up in, in New Hampshire, um, before May 15th, you can fish, but it's only two bass per angler. Mm-hmm. So it's four fish limits. And one of my good buddies a couple of years ago weighed 22 on four, um, all largemouth. We have really big, but very smart, <laughs> clean water largemouth. Yeah. So um, had you ever been to Hartwell before? Was this something where you got there for practice and that was the first time you ever saw the body of water? Yep, I did. Um, you know, last year I fished the national championship on Pickwick. Right. And I did a ton of research, went down pre-practice. I was stressed out the whole event and had a, had a bad tournament. Uh, just didn't, wasn't in the cards. Mm-hmm. 
And so this past year, I did very minimal research on Hartwell. And I said, I'm just going to go down and have fun, put the troll motor down and go fishing. That's amazing. Now, are you a forward-facing sonar guy? Uh, you have to be, yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, I, I, I said down there, I go, if my forward-facing broke, I'd probably just put it on the, tro- uh, put it on the trailer and go <laughs> head home. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, uh, Tim Doobie with us here. He is uh, sitting on an invite to the elites. He hasn't made the decision yet. Uh, he has to decide by November 21st. Have you started to process them working with sponsors? And so we know you're running a Phoenix, which is, which is yeah. cool. There's also a boat deal that comes with this, you know, uh, a two with what you did, but we know you're running a Phoenix, which is, uh, which is great. Um, but have you started the process of, of trying to line up sponsorship, even though you'd have the $16,000 from Bass, uh, uh, to go against the uh, entry fees, uh, obviously there's a deal, a great deal of other expense involved. Tell us how that's going. Um, you know, really, it's <laughs> I showed up to work Monday and I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be working here if I decide to go uh, go with it. Uh, but I have reached out to a couple companies. Um, I've received a, a bunch of text messages from friends that own businesses and really just the whole New Hampshire bass fishing community back home is just, we're all one big family. It's such mm-hmm. a, a small state that we all know each other. So um, I'm not as far along as I would like to be uh, with, as far as reaching out and, and seeing what, what could get done. Um, but definitely I am definitely a work in progress on it. You know um, this whole time, you know, just fishing <clears throat> weekends and, and, you know, three day turn, a couple of regionals, and a couple nationals, it's always been, I've always sponsored myself. I, I went to right. work just like 95% of most other people out there. And now it's uh, a little bit different. You have to, you know, build your own brand, make a name for yourself that, that companies would like to be behind you. So you work at Dick's Sporting Goods. I mean, there's Dick's Sporting Goods everywhere. I mean, you could you could, you could run a Dick's Sporting Goods boat and have the wrap and go to take your boat and you and do appearances at Dick's Sporting Goods, wherever the elites are fishing and everything. I mean, you got a lot to offer, Absolutely. you know what I mean? I mean, you've been working there for 10 years. You got a lot to offer to Dick's. I mean, I would think that they'd want to jump on board with you a little bit, maybe. Absolutely. And, and um, like I said, I, I just reached out today. So uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting quite an answer back yet. Uh, but there are 730-something stores throughout the country. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They're, they're just about everywhere. So. Yeah, everybody throws in 100 bucks and they got Tim Dewey. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> well, Tim, you know, congratulations. Appreciate you. I hope you make the decision. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back on. If you do come aboard, then uh, we'll, we'll do a Meet the Elites uh, with you as well. But uh, it's a fascinating story, and uh, we wish you the best of luck, whatever you decide to do. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thank you. That's Tim Doobie. Um, God, I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling. He's got great personality. 30 years old. I mean, I think he would do great. All right. We'll get a break in here. When we come back, speaking of meet the elites, John Garrett has made it to the elites. I actually fished a tournament with John Garrett once. He'll join us next right here on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me. It's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G-Man. This is the same gear Gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at Lake Fork last season. Look for them this spring. John Cruz 
Brewers and Missile Baits have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Baits to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Baits. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Baits is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to MissileBaits.store to learn more. That's MissileBaits.store. Tom Abraham here for my friends at North Alabama Mortgage. Are you thinking about home improvements? Well, use your equity now and refi later. Or use your equity to eliminate consumer debt forever, then refi to a lower rate and shorter term when rates drop. North Alabama Mortgage can also help you if you're thinking about buying an investment property or a second home at the lake or the beach or in the mountains. We have great programs to make that happen. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com to learn more. That's NorthAlabamaMortgage.com. There's so much to do, see, and experience in Anderson, South Carolina. Plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to Lake Hartwell, boating, fishing, hike and bike the nearby trails, experience some history, and after, enjoy the numerous restaurants, shops, and experiences Anderson has to offer. Visit Green Pond Landing right there on Lake Hartwell. Perfect launch point for pleasure boating, fishing, kayaking, or just a nice walk beside the water. Come see why Anderson is called South Carolina's Bright Spot. Check it out at visitanderson.com. That's visitanderson.com. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Squarebells, and the Shad Wrap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinner baits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com and start catching more fish. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Time for the anchor spot and a meet the elites deal. Now, you've met this guy before on the show because I actually fished with him in a St. Croix Bassmaster Open uh, a couple of years ago. And I knew from the first moment I met him that John Garrett was going to make it to the elites. And, and this, is, this is just amazing. John Garrett has pulled a check from a, a St. Croix Bassmaster Open in 13 of his last 14 tournaments. Now you say, well, what's the big deal? I mean, the top half get a check. No, no, no. We're talking about 200 to 225 pros and top 40 get paid. And this dude has been pulling a check every single tournament. He did it in every one, eight out of nine this season. And then you have to go back last season. He was making checks as well. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And he joins us now on the VMC Hook. John, welcome back to the show, brother. How are you? Hey, Tom. How are you today, man? Did you even realize that yourself, that you've gotten a check in 13 out of 14? I mean, it's really not that easy to finish in the top 40 every single time you go out in one of these Bassmaster Opens. You know that. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Kind of uh, definitely a blessed year this year. Um, been a little streak for sure. It just, I didn't really, didn't really realize that. Cause every time I'm, I go out on one, I'm like, all right, got to catch him again. Cause yeah. everybody's so good. Oh, so once I leave one, I kind of put it behind me and go to the next one. So now I didn't, didn't necessarily realize that honestly. Yeah. 13 out of 14, uh, last, uh, 13 out of 14 opens you collecting a check and you started the year ablaze. I mean, you were fourth, uh, you know, at, at Ufala, and then you were fourth at Toledo Ben. So you were really rolling and it was an amazing year all the way through it. You know, when I look at you, two fourth place finishes, a fifth place, a third place, a bunch in the teens, it, you know what it does? It goes to show just what a ridiculous year that JT Tompkins had. You know what I mean? When you look at, I don't know how you didn't win this thing going away, uh, AOI, but it kind of shows you what kind of a year Tompkins had. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, me and JT were, were talking to each other every, you know, every single tournament. And I would come in on day two, like, all right, you know, I had a good tournament. I probably got the AOI lead back or at least gained points on them with a top 10. And then at the end of the day, I've refreshed the leaderboard and JT's still above me every single time. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, he's killing it out there. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he was out of control. There was no doubt about it. And, and you know, we just talked to Tim Doobie, um, you know, a nation angler who finished second at the nation championship. And by virtue of the fact that Will Davis, uh, you know, another former Bethel fisherman, is already on the elite tour, he has been offered a spot in the elites. And he didn't know that that was going to happen until he weighed in. He was that close. He didn't even realize for sure that they would offer it to the second-place guy. And he found out from Chris Bowes, you know, standing at the tanks afterwards that you have now been invited to the elites. And, and he was ecstatic about that. With you, at what point during this season, because you were right up there in the top two or three all year long, um, when is it that you realize – yeah, I'm 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 going to make it. I mean, when did when did you finally get very confident? It couldn't have been all the way to the end. When were you when was it that you were very confident that you were definitely going to make it? I would say um well, I was kind of just really skeptical all year because like the past 4 years I've been like first guy out mm. of one division or like one spot every time. So, up until like the Ozarks um, was a second to last tournament. Really, I had an awful. Uh, yeah, I had an awful practice, and I'm and I never do good in Florida. So I'm like, oh gosh, like I got to make something happen here because I'm probably gonna struggle in Florida. And I had a good first day. Day two, I had no idea how I was gonna catch one. I caught a nice limit, and I made a cat. I caught a five pounder right in the middle of the day on day two. I kind of like caught that fish and like just bear hugged it and gave it a kiss because <laughs> I caught that fish. I'm like, I just, I think I just made it, you know? So yeah. Lake of the Ozarks uh, was the second last tournament out of the nine. You were, you were locked yep. in after you were locked in after you fall, you were locked in before you went North. I was like, Oh, he's yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it was no doubt about it. And then you're right. You went to Florida and you were, you, you were, you were on a suck bus when you went to Florida, you finished 18th out of 200 guys. Yeah. yeah that was just <laughs> awful when you got down to, uh, you know, to the Harris chain, that was a grinder too. I mean, I fished that tournament as well. And, uh, you know, typical Florida, a lot of 12 and a half, 13 inch fish, and then a six, and then a bunch of 12 and a half yep. fish, and then a six. But, uh, but you seem to have figured it out down there, and that's a good thing because you got two more down there on the elites next year. Yeah, I'm looking. I've never been to St. John's River. Um, I've been to Harris Chain probably 10 times, and of those 10 times, four times I did well. I'm counting I did well this past season, like cut mm. a check. And Every time I did well, I have no idea how it happened. Just kind of like you're saying, I would just be fishing, pull over somewhere, boom, catch a big one. And that one big one makes your tournament in Florida. Um, but the Florida tournaments aside, I'm I'm looking forward to that that great schedule that the bass has for us next year. John Garrett with us, uh, new elite in our Meet the Elites uh, segment as we're going to meet all of the guys that have made it to the elites uh, over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, it was, like I say, an incredible season for you. Do you do you think in your mind, like you say, you were very close each of the last couple of years and uh, just on the outside looking in, they changed the system. They went with the EQs and the guys that were trying to make it to the elites had to fish all nine. In your mind, was it? Do you think that you had a better shot this way, or do you think that it would have been easier to make it with just having a you know win one of the three you know three tournaments at the uh, you know in the old system? You know, I, it it really just depends. Like, you know, for me, I had a better chance of this full nine mm-hmm. um, because I just had that such a stereotypic like I'd always bombed a tournament every year. Like, I had always done really good and bombed the tournament. Um, I sat down after the year. Uh, it's 10th place that qualified this year. Had a 42nd place average. And to make it in the top three spots in a division, you had an average like 18th. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you can sit down and look at it however you want to. You know, it's easier to average 42nd um, than it is 18th, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Garrett fished in the 2017 Bassmaster Classic uh, coming through the Opens. He uh, won the college bracket championship in 2016 to get to the Classic. All right, if I'd have told you um, you're going to finish 11th, you're going to miss the Elites, but you won one of the tournaments and you're in the Classic, would you have taken the Classic over making the Elites this year or would you rather take the Elites and miss this Classic Absolutely. I, yeah. I would much rather make the elites. I, nothing 
I guess the classic was silver. I fished the classic. It was fantastic. It was great. It's it's what all you know. It's worth all that hype that everybody puts around it. But getting into the elite, I got more chances to make classics in the future down the road. Right. It's super hard to win any tournament at, as we all know. But yeah, definitely happy with the elite invite for sure. Yeah, John Garrett with us. All right, so um, you know, I would imagine throughout there you've got great sponsorship. There's no doubt, but this is a little bit different animal. Um, the, the the travel costs are probably about the same. Fishing nine elites, fishing nine. I mean, this schedule sets up really nice. The way you got the two in Texas, two in Florida, two in New York, two in Alabama. So it's it's really a nice uh, schedule. The way it flows. Um, but obviously entry fees are more, and then there are other expenses. Have you uh, have you been working on sponsors? Do you feel like you're in good shape sponsorship-wise for your first year on the Elites? You know, all the the past sponsors I had have been great. They've stepped up some. Um, as far as new partnerships, uh, it's been really tough on me. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the industry is such in a weird place right now. Right. Um, coming from everybody in a general sense. I, I don't know. I'll have my, you know, entries covered and hopefully have my travel covered as well. But, um, you know, I guess we'll see as the, as the months go by. I mean, I wouldn't say a great spot by any means, but maybe at a, maybe at an average spot, I, I might say that. So you expect to take your wife Morgan on the road with you or is, uh, or she got to yeah. stay behind and work. We, she definitely will come to some for sure, but, mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm not sure if she is going to uh, be able to make all of it. Yeah, we haven't talked completely in depth about it, all the details yet. So. Well, congratulations on making it. I knew you would make it. And, uh, you know, I'm wishing, I'm pulling for you in the rookie of the year uh, coming up uh, in the 2024 season. John Garrett has been our guest. John, appreciate you, man. Yep. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thank you. Well, gang, let me remind you that Crush City is coming. It won't be long now. In a couple of weeks, you'll be able to buy these beautiful baits from Rabala that were introduced at iCast. You're going to want to check those out. That's right, the entire Crush City line. Remember, next week, we'll have a complete update on the Redfish event that is going on, and we'll meet more of the new elites. Now, remember, if you missed any of this week's show, it's always just a click away at Bassmaster.com forward slash radio, or just visit Bassmaster.com and click on the Anglers page. You'll see the Bassmaster radio listed right there. And you can also visit the SportsMap Radio podcast page at sportsmapradio.com forward slash podcast. So until next time, keep those lines tight and nets heavy. I'm Tom Abraham, and this has been Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network.